Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning. We're excited you're here as we are in a series entitled Red Letters that's uh, really leading us up to our uh, Easter services. And again, as you were just reminded, we have services at uh, 7.30, 9, and 10.30. So make sure right now you're marking your calendar for that. It's April 21st. And again, we challenge you to bring people with you. We have invite cards out there where you can simply uh, invite a friend, invite a family member, invite a coworker, but bring somebody with you for our Easter services and make it really a time to, to celebrate and to know that God sent his son Jesus to be resurrected for each and every one of us. So leading up to that, though, we're in the middle of this series where we're jumping in and we are looking at some of the questions Jesus asked. So again, if you look at your Bibles, you see in there, there's some red letters. And those red letters, those are actually the words that uh, Jesus spoke. So you look at those and if there's a, a bunch of things and there's a bunch of forms of communication that Jesus used. But one of those forms that he used more than anything was that of questions. In fact, if you look throughout the Bible in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, which are the account of Jesus's life and ministry from four different perspectives. If you look at that, there's uh, over 300, 307 times where Jesus asked a question in the Gospels. So what we've been doing is we've been digging in and we've been looking at some of these questions. And what I want us to do today is I want us to, to look at the question where Jesus asked us really to try to give us perspective, to try to help us gain perspective in our life. In Jesus's life, and Jesus' perspective was perfect. If you remember it from last week, we were talking a little bit about fear. We were talking about faith. And we talked about how Jesus asked us, why should we fear? And really, he looks at things from a different perspective that we have. And what I want us to do today is I want us to look at a question that really helps us gain some of the perspective that he has as well. And it's this question about worry. In fact, he says, why worry? In fact, he worded it exactly this way in Matthew 6, 27. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. And we're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 6 today. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, which is an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. But in this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6, what this is, this is a part of Jesus' most famous sermon. It's a sermon known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, really, he's sitting down and he's talking about all these things that are going on, right? all these things that we deal with in life. So really, he's addressing all sorts of things and really telling us how we should live, to follow him, how we should live, to, be, to follow God and be connected with God. He's giving us this list of how we should live. And in a portion of this, he really directs the perspective that we should have. And he addresses it with this question right here in verse 27, where he says this, can any one of you, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? In just a moment, we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about the rest of this portion of scripture. But I want us just to think about that for a minute. Think about that question. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It's kind of like this short video clip right here. You don't seem alarmed. Would it help? Do you never worry? Would it help? Jesus is asking us this, right? And he's asking us, what's the point of worry? I think he's looking at us and saying, there's some things that we can worry about each and every day, but, but would it help? 
Where's the value in stressing out? Right? Why should we get worked up? Like, what's the advantage to that? What's the, what's the, what's the advantage and what's the benefit of going into that, that panic mode? Right? Why should we dwell on things and keep them coming over and over again? Right? Why should we do these things? What's the advantage to fretting over certain things? Right? What's the point of that? Right? Would it help? And Jesus is asking us this question. And really, he's asking this question to help direct us to the answer. Because he's telling us. He's telling us that worry is pointless. Right? He's telling us that it does no value. It has no value whatsoever. And listen, I'm just going to be honest here. Right? As, I'm, as I'm planning this, as I'm preparing for this, this is one of those questions that just straight up annoys me. Right? There's some things in the Bible that sometimes you read through and you're like, yeah, I wish that wasn't there. Right? There's some things that even Jesus said, and this is one of those things that, man, I wish it wasn't there because this is annoying because I don't know about you, but I'm a worrier. Right? There's, things that, there's things that get underneath my skin. There's things that cause me to panic. There's things that just stress me out a little bit. In fact, uh, just this past week, we had spring break with our kids, and we decided to uh, go up to, to Kelly's Island and just to get, uh, get away for a couple days. Uh, just so you know, Kelly's Island is really not open until next weekend. But there are still some things going on. There's one restaurant open. And then when I was looking at the website for the uh, ferry to take your car over and to, to ride over, it said that it goes until 5. So we were getting ready to take off on Thursday just for a quick getaway. And then we're like, okay. When we looked at the, the website, it had changed. The last ferry was at 4 o'clock. So we're looking at it, and we're like, we took off a little bit earlier. Like, hey, we'll stop and get lunch or something. But we look at it, and it says 4 o'clock. I'm like, I don't think we're going to make it, Sarah. It says 4.05. Is where we put it into the, to the Apple Maps, 4.05. And if you know about Apple Maps, like, you really don't cut that time down that much. So, like, I'm like, I'm a little panicked. But Sarah's, like, dead set. We're going to make it. I'm like, the boat does not, like, stay for us. Like, we're not special, right? So I'm a little worried this whole way. So this is a two-hour and 45-minute, two-and-a-half hour, somehow I got that way, two-hour and 45-minute drive filled with worry filled with panic, filled with me kind of freaking out, honestly, looking at it. And then one of the roads was closed while we're going through, and I'm like, this is not going to happen. We're not going to make it. Like, I got to, we were just above Centerburg, and one of the roads was closed. I'm like, all right, we cut down a little bit of time, but nope, this road's closed. It added some more, so just pedal to the metal, worry, panic, all of this, right? But we did make it. But the truth is, I was worried the whole time. And I think many of us, we get worried as well. I mean, think about it. how many of you would consider yourself worriers? Right? You can be honest. I've already admitted as much. So, right. I think many of us, we worry about certain things. In life, right. There's things that make us uncomfortable. There's things that put us at the edge of our seat. In fact, just to prove this and to prove that if you didn't raise your hand, you can feel like a liar in church. I want you to check out this quick video to make you feel a little uneasy. I don't know about you, 
But for me, that's hard to watch, right? Like, I'm like ready to call OSHA. Obviously, that's not in the United States. And if those were cuss words that they were speaking in a different language, my bad, I didn't look them up, right? But look at it. I don't know. There's times where we worry about certain things. We worry about others. Like, I mean, just look at that. There's, some, there's a little bit of panic that rose up in me, and I'm sure it did just you as well. And there's things in our life that make us worry as well, right? There's things that, that really, they, they set us off that make us feel uncomfortable. I mean, the truth is we worry about a lot of situations in life, right? We worry about work. We worry about finances. We worry about our health. We worry about relationships, right? We worry about our appearance. That's why we looked at ourselves in the mirror before we left today, right? Hopefully you did, but we worry about these things. We worry about safety. We worry about the safety of ourselves and the safety of others, right? And the list can go on and on and on because the truth is we worry a lot. There's big things that we worry about. There's things that, are, that really make a huge difference, right, that we worry about. And then there's some small things, right? There's some things that we panic over that probably don't make a difference, and there are tiny little things. But the truth is any worry is not good. Because if you look at the root word of the word worry, what it means is it means to strangle. I think a lot of times what we're happening, what's happening in our lives is we're allowing things to strangle us in our lives. Where we're allowing worry to creep in, and it's keeping us from moving forward. It's strangling us. It's choking the life out of us. And Jesus knows this. I mean, Jesus knows that this isn't good, right? And more importantly, he knows how dangerous it is for us as well. So really what he does in this passage of Scripture, in the middle of his most famous sermon, he gives us this really this list of questions challenging us with the idea of worry. So let's jump back a little bit. Let's go back to uh, chapter, back in chapter 6, verses 25, where it says this. Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore I tell you. Gosh, we're going to stop right there at the therefore. Right? Because anytime you see therefore, it really implies a consequence of something of, of previous. Right? It's a result of something that just happened. So let's just summarize a little bit what Jesus is talking about before we lead into these questions of worry. So again, he was talking, this is a sermon, and he was speaking about all sorts of things. So if you look in verse 6, you see that he, or chapter 6, you see that he's preaching, he's talking about giving. He's talking about how, as a, how we're called to be generous and how we need to live out generosity in our life. Then he's talking about praying. Really, he's talking about how we stay connected with God. And then if you look at it too, he's actually talking about fasting and talking about the benefits of fasting, talking about how we fast effectively, not just to show it's all about us, but actually to, to fast showing and giving it all to God. And then right before, right before he talks about worry, he talks about finances, which this is super interesting to me. Because the truth is, finances are really a pressure point or a tension point that trigger worry in our lives. I mean, if we think about how many of our worries stem from some of our financial questions, some of our financial issues, some of the things that we go through, right? I think a lot of our worries, they boil down to some financial things. Can we make rent this month? Can we pay our mortgage, right? Can we pay the credit card bill? I mean, the tax season's coming up. Listen, if you haven't done your taxes yet, this probably means that you're not getting a refund. You're one of those that has to have to pay, right? So it's coming up April 15th. Can you pay your taxes, right? Do you have enough in savings? Do you have enough in retirement? Do you have enough, right? Do you have enough to pay for the kids' extracurricular activities? All these things build up. They add stresses and stresses to our life. And many times what we do is we worry over each and every one of them. But Jesus talks about this right before he goes into this. And he says, don't store up treasures on earth. Because as the truth is, those things don't matter. On the big scale of things, when it all ends, those things don't matter. Because you can't serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and possessions because the truth is we are God's possession. So therefore, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, 
or about your body or what you will wear. Do not worry. Again, I think this is easy for us to say, but it's pretty hard for us to hear. I mean, how many of you like to tell, be told just, you know, just don't worry about it? I mean, that's my favorite thing. I love to like sit down with somebody and it feels like they're caring about me, right? So I sit down with them. I'm comfortable with them. So I'll begin to share things. I'll be like, you know what? This is what I'm struggling with. These are the things that are causing some pressure in my life. These are some things that, that are, are tension points. These are some things where, you know what? It's, it feels a little bit overwhelming that I'm, I'm a little bit anxious about. And then they respond by, oh, just don't worry. You think, oh, well, okay. It's that easy. Like, fine. I just won't worry. Duh. I should have known better, right? And we don't like to hear it. It's kind of like the words calm down. Have you ever noticed when you tell somebody to calm down, what happens? They get a little upset. Like you can talk to somebody that's completely calm and just tell them to calm down. And next thing you know, they're mad. Right? It's a great way to mess with people. In fact, one of my friends, he does this to, to many people. He does this to their kids, to his friend's kids who go to him and say, hey, next time mom or dad gets real mad at you, just tell them to calm down. It'll be perfect. It works every time. So the kids go and do it, right? But it never works. It's a great way to mess with people, but it never works because we don't like to hear it. And the same is true when we hear, do not worry. Because the truth is, other people's worries may seem insignificant, but our worries are always deadly serious. Our worries are deadly serious to us. So when we hear the words, do not worry, what it does is instills worry. And Jesus knows this, right? Jesus knows that he just gave this impossible command. He knows that he gives this statement that really can get underneath our skin. So what he does is he quickly moves to questions. Because again, he knows the power of questions. So let's keep going here in verse 25. Let's continue. It says this. It says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He moves from this impossible command. He moves from this command that really just drives us nuts and irritates us to no end. This do not worry. He moves to that, to questions. And to questions that lead to perspective. To questions that lead to us really learning and knowing where our value comes from. He says, is not life more than food? Is not life more than clothes? Really what that is, that's perspective, right? Jesus is trying to let us see through his lens. He's trying to let us see through the eyes that he's looking at things. He's trying to allow us to gain perspective. See, worry often stems from that. It stems from the lack of perspective. So Jesus is trying to reframe our mindset. And he's using questions to do it. He's trying to reframe our thought process and point us back to perspective and point us back to value. In fact, he even tells us and asks us a question about value. He says, are we not more valuable than the birds? So why worry? Right? Perspective plus value is greater than worry. Perspective plus value will overcome worry in our lives each and every single day, every single moment. When we put perspective plus value, it will overcome worry. And this is what Jesus does. He directs us to perspective in our lives. He directs us to value in our lives as well. And in this sermon, this is what he's doing. He's using the power of questions to do it. Let's continue on verse 28. It says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. 
Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Again, value and perspective. Right? The perspective is this. It's the fact that clothes, food, drink, all those things, all those things are little in the eyes of God. All those things God doesn't even blink an eye about. Right? All those things are easy to him, and all those things are things that he has completely under control. And he wants to take care of us in each one of those areas. And here's why. Because he values you. He values us. He values me. He values you. Listen, don't walk out of here not understanding your value. Don't leave without understanding how much God truly loves you and how much he truly values you. God sent his son to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, pay the ultimate penalty that each and every one of us deserve, and to be risen again so that he could be connected with us because he values us that much. And understand, this God is our creator. The creator always sees the most value among his creation. Right, there's some times where my kids, they'll, they'll bring me something that they made from school. They'll bring me something they made here or, or they made at home during their, their craft time, right? And for them, it's amazing, and it is amazing. It's this incredible thing. It's this incredible piece of work, this, this piece of art that, that they made, that they designed. And they see so much value in it because they created it. And God is the exact same way with us. So he created us and he sees so much value because he designed us exactly how he wanted us to be designed. And what he, and he saw that there's a connection that's the God between us. So what he did is he sent the ultimate payment for us. He sent his son. That's how much he values us. So why worry? What's the point? What's the point of it? Author and pastor Timothy Keller defines worry this way. He says, worry is saying, I know the way my life is supposed to go, and God's not getting it right. Listen, when I read that, when I hear that, it shows that worry, even though it's something that many of us, we do every single day, it shows that worry is in direct opposition to God. And this is why I think in, in verse 32, Jesus says this. It says, for the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Listen, a pagan is someone who's profane. And a pagan is someone who's idolatrous. A pagan is someone who's a heathen, who, who's completely godless, who doesn't worry about the things of God whatsoever. And this is who Jesus compares us to if we worry about things other than right? This is if we, if we let our minds get trapped and really get compared, trapped into certain things, right? If we allow ourselves to fall into that trap of worry. This is what Jesus compares us to. He compares us to pagans. Because this is where worry leads us. Because it takes our focus off of God. And it puts our focus on things. What that does is it shows a lack of faith. Really worries this. It's taking responsibility for things you were never intended to handle. It's taking authority over things that you had no right to take authority over. Listen, there's parts of your life that only God has authority over. There's parts of your future that only God has authority over. Parents. There's parts of your kid's future that only God has authority over. The truth is, it may not make sense. It may not be what we really wanted, but God still has authority over that. Like for our spouses, there's parts of our spouse's life that only God has authority over. And when we meddle in those areas, 
when we try to control those areas, what we're doing is we're causing problems, but not only that, we're in, we're in direct opposition to God. And what that is, it's sin. And sin and opposition to God will get us nowhere. Right? There's no value in it. In fact, it only leads to pain. It only leads to regrets. It only leads to, to sleeplessness, stress, relations, relationships, tensions, health issues. It leads to these things. That's really where only it goes, and the list goes on. This is really where worry results in. And the truth is, many of us, we've probably experienced this before. Right? You may be here today and you have some broken relationships because you meddled in an area where you were worrying and you shouldn't have ever meddled in that area. Right? Some of us, we have some health issues. Maybe we're dealing with anxiety or depression or maybe, a, maybe we have some ulcers all because we're trying to take authority over things that we were never meant to have authority over. And it's led to worry. It's led to our lives being strained. For many of us, we're living lives this way. But I don't understand this. Jesus doesn't want this. This isn't the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. In fact, this is why in verse 33, he gives us some instructions on how to, how to overcome worry and how to gain perspective and where we need to find that. So check this out. Verse 33 it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let's break this down. Let me just give you uh, three ways of, of really how, how we can gain perspective and find value and that we can really apply in our lives from what Jesus is saying. Number one is this. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. And understand this. His kingdom is bigger than ours. Right? Believe it or not, I know this is going to sound crazy, but believe it or not, there are things that are going on outside of your own little lives. There's things going on outside of your family's life. Right? There's things going outside, on outside your sphere of influence. Right? That's only a fraction of his kingdom. That's only a small part of his kingdom. His kingdom is huge. And when we begin to seek it, when we begin to think outside of our boxes, outside of our sphere of influence, when we begin to seek after that, we gain perspective. And when we realize that life is bigger than just our boundary and lines, we see how incredible God truly is. And when we seek after his kingdom, it shows us, and the fact that he still loves us and how big he is, it shows us how our value. And it gives us some perspective. So let me just give you a couple practical ways to, to seek his kingdom. To seek his kingdom means that we need to pray for others and we need to give to others. Pray for others and give to others. Pray for more than just yourself. Seeking his kingdom means praying for more than just yourself and more than those just around you. Listen, there's multiple ways that you can do this. In fact, one of, them, one of the things I love is that we do prayer requests. We put them on the cross. If you're, you're newer here and you didn't know what was going on here during worship time, you can always come up to the cross and you can mark down a, on an index card hanging on the cross and we'll pray specifically for that prayer request, prayer request the day of. But here's what I want it to happen. It needs to go beyond just a Sunday morning. It needs to go beyond just the service time. What we need to do is we need to realize that, you know what, that prayer request, isn't meant just for now, but it's meant for us to take with us through this week so we can be praying beyond our sphere of influence, so we can go beyond just ourselves, and we can be praying for others as well. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, to maybe even open your phone up during prayer. Sounds weird, but throw it in your Evernote. Make a note. Maybe wrote it on the back of your bulletin, but take some prayer requests with you and pray beyond just yourself. 
Another way to pray beyond yourself is actually to be connected with others. Be connected with others. Talk to people maybe you wouldn't really usually talk to. And then listen. It doesn't have to be as awkward as saying, hey, what can I pray for you if you're with a complete stranger? Honestly, that's probably a little weird. But it could be just saying, hey, how's life going? How are things, how are things going? And then you listen. If there's some tension points in there, guess what? Mark it down. Make a note of it and then begin praying for them throughout the week. You don't even have to let them know you're praying because God knows. And God can still answer that prayer. Pray for more than just yourself. And praying for more than yourself means that not only are you bringing other requests to God, it means you're also celebrating other things. It means you're celebrating with others that they're going through, things that they're going through. Right? Celebrating more than just yourself. Giving praise reports for more than just what you're experiencing in your life. Listen, God wants us to celebrate everything that he's doing, even if it's not in our life. Satan wants us to do the opposite. Thing. See, what happens, I think, is when we hear that God's doing something incredible in somebody's life, Satan usually talks to us in the other ear, right? And he's saying, oh, you know what? Man, can you believe that they have this? Why don't you have this? Why didn't God do this for you? And he tries to stir in jealousy in our life. But the truth is, God wants us to seek after his kingdom. And he wants us to celebrate that. He wants us to praise him for everything that he's doing in everyone's life, right? Celebrate with other people. Celebrate other churches that are going on, that things are, that are happening, right? Celebrate other stories, right? Celebrate and give thanks for more than just what we receive, but for what others receive as well. Seeking his kingdom means finding goodness more than just your life, but it means in others as well. So think about it. How can you pray for others? To seek his kingdom, we need to pray for others. To seek his kingdom means that we need to give to others as well. Right? We need to give of our time. We need to give of our talents. We need to, to give even financially to others. Right? Think about it. How can you spend time with others? Listen, for us, church is an awesome way to do this. Right? The church isn't just a building, but it's a group of people. Like We are the church. This is why we do this every single Sunday, because we want to connect. This is why we have a foyer. We know that we could have made this sanctuary a little bit bigger, but we wanted a foyer that was big as well so that people can connect with each other. Right? So spend some time. Give of yourself. Give of your time to connect with others. Life groups is an incredible way for us to do this. This is why we push life groups, so that you can do life with others. But we have to give of our time to do this. And when we give of our time, we experience God's kingdom is bigger than just us. So give of your time. Give of your talents. Listen, you can give in multiple ways. Yesterday, we were able to serve the community in an incredible way by, by serving a meal at community at a Forey Park for the community meal. And we got to see many people, pray with many people. It was awesome. Listen, we can serve people at church as well. There's many different serve teams. Listen, right now, Kids Life is going on. They're doing some incredible things right now. Kids are learning about Jesus because we have people willing to say yes to serve. And many of you who are parents, you're in here and you're able to have a little bit of peace and quiet because someone said yes to serving and to be able to teach in Kids Life, right? It's awesome. It's amazing. And we need to do it. We need to say yes because it shows us how big the kingdom is. And listen, as we go into Easter, we're having free services. So be all hands on deck. And there's some sign-up sheets out there too that you can jump in and you can seek after his kingdom by serving. Seek after his kingdom by giving of your time, by giving of your talents, and by giving even financially. Listen, God's all called us to be obedient in a certain way. He's called us to be obedient, to, to budget, to finance, and to give to him. Maybe you're financially blessed. Maybe, maybe that's an easy thing for you. But maybe, maybe for you, maybe you need just to take that step and seek after him to see his kingdom and see how he is truly the provider by trusting him with your finances. Whatever it is this week, think about it. How can you pray for somebody else? How can you give to somebody else this week? Seek after his kingdom. And number two is to seek his righteousness. Seek his righteousness. 
to overcome worry, we have to seek his righteousness. And this is what righteousness is. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right and justified. I think if we're honest, a lot of times what we do is we try to seek after our own righteousness. We try to prove our own morals. We try to prove that we're morally right. We try to justify everything we do. Which really what happens when we do that is it leads us right back to work. So the counterpart is this. The counterpart is seeking his righteousness. And here's why. It's only through his righteousness that we're made right. It's only through Jesus that God sees us in the light of being perfect. That's why he sent his son, so that he could see us through the lens of Jesus. And when we seek after that, when we seek his righteousness, that's where our value is found. So we need to seek it, which means we need to place him first. It means that, that we need to love him more than anything else. And it means that we need to model him in everything we do. We need to strive for others to see him through us. Instead of trying to see, have other people see how good we are, let us show them how good God is. Are you seeking after him or are you seeking after your own? Are you trying to justify yourself or are you allowing him to justify you? For some of us, I think our worry, I think our stress, I think it would all be relieved if we just tried, if we just quit trying to put up a front and just admitted that, you know what, we're a mess and we need Jesus. I want to challenge us to do that. I want to challenge us to seek after his righteousness, which means that we have to put our pride aside. So think about it. Is there an area in your life where you need to worry less about your reputation and more about his? For some of us, this means our first step may mean that we, we have some confession that we have to make. We may need to confess to somebody that, you know what, we've been faking it for far too long. And we failed in this area and we've just been covering it up, trying to make ourselves look better. If that's you, I want to challenge you this week, do it. I want to challenge you to do it, to seek after his righteousness. Because what you experience is you experience freedom, but you also experience value. Because that's found in Him. So seek His righteousness. And then number three, let tomorrow be tomorrow. See, worry, worry always robs us of the gift of now. Worry takes our perspective off today and it pushes it to tomorrow. It plagues us with the what ifs, it plagues us with the uncertainties. But the truth is, the truth is there's some things that we don't have control over anyway, so we have to let it be. We need to let tomorrow be tomorrow. To overcome worry, we have to be present. So let me ask you, are you present? Are you present? Are you preoccupied with tomorrow? Some of you guys have already been thinking about tomorrow. Right? Maybe you're here today and you're already planning your day out. You're planning out your sales calls. You're planning out what time you have to get to work your emails that you're going to go through. In fact, you may have even, during this sermon, thought, man, corporate's a little boring. This would be a perfect time. I can pull out my calendar, and I can organize it the right way, right? Listen, I want to challenge you. Let tomorrow be tomorrow. And to do this means that some of us, some of us, we need to turn off some of our devices. We need to turn off some of our, our notifications on our phone. We need to reduce some of the, restract, the distractions in our life. Because tomorrow will always be a distraction to, for today if we let it. So I want to challenge you, let tomorrow be tomorrow. It'll still be there. 
Don't let it rob you of the day. Don't let it trap you into work. Don't let it misguide your perspective. And here's how we do that. And let tomorrow be tomorrow by prioritizing today. And with, we have to be intentional about this as well. So I want to challenge you this week. Be intentional. Be intentional about prioritizing today. In fact, even visualize it. Right? And there's that, something you can even do on your Google Calendar that's actually pretty amazing. So if you look at your Google Calendar, this is mine. This is my week. And again, I'm not saying don't plan out. I kind of plan. You can kind of tell I'm a little bit of a nerd and I live by a calendar, right? But instead of letting that overwhelm you, what you can do is you can turn it and you can show just one day. Live each day just for each day and let tomorrow be tomorrow. Maybe for some of you, you just need to do that. Maybe instead of letting yourself be plagued with the what ifs, the what could be, you look at what you can do right now, right in this moment. Let tomorrow be tomorrow. And here's what's incredible. The God of today is the same God of tomorrow. God's got more control over today than we ever will. And God is timeless. And he's already got tomorrow in the bag. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows exactly what's going to go through, what you can go through. He's, gonna, he's got it taken care of already. So let it be. Let tomorrow be tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let tomorrow be tomorrow. Jesus calls us to live above worry in our lives. The truth is, he doesn't want us to live a life where we're stoned. He doesn't want us to live a life where we're choked. But he wants us to live a, he wants us to live a life in freedom. So he asked. He asked, why worry? He asked, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Then he challenges us. He challenges us to gain perspective and to see our value. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing today. I want to challenge you to live above worry by seeking his kingdom, by seeking his righteousness, and letting tomorrow be tomorrow. If you would, pull out the connect card and the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today. And maybe for you, maybe, maybe you didn't realize the value that you have. Maybe here today, maybe you didn't realize that God sent his son because he loved you so much, because he valued you so much. And you want to experience that. Listen, if that's you, maybe, maybe you experienced that at one point, but you walked away. If that's you, I want to give you that opportunity to experience that right now. What you can do is simply check mark the box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Check mark that box. And then if, if that's you, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Receive him. Receive the fact that he, God loved you so much that he sent his son for you and receive his forgiveness of your sins. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to do something. Maybe for you, God's asking you to seek his kingdom. Maybe you've been living inside your little box and it's been all about your worry and you've built this box and you've even built the walls up and then all the things that are going on in your life have actually, they're starting to drown you. It's trying to push the walls down, let those things expand so that you can experience how big his kingdom is and how great he truly is. Maybe for you, maybe God's asking you to seek his kingdom. Maybe he's asking you to seek his righteousness. Instead of trying to justify yourself, it's time, to, it's time to let him justify you. Maybe for you, maybe it's time to let tomorrow be tomorrow. Whatever it is, I'll challenge you to write it down and then live it out. You would. Use this time to fill that out. Again, we, we take these connection cards seriously. It's our way to connect with you. It's our way to, 
to journey with you. It's our way to pray with you. There's a place for a prayer request as well. Where we would love to partner with you in prayer. If you would take this moment to fill that out, and then Daryl will be up in just the next moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.